0: Hey, welcome. The Men Podcast. Special Instagram question and answer session here. Um, Got some great questions today. Um, Most of you um, probably already follow us on Instagram. we got a ton of followers now. It's awesome. But if you don't, go follow us on Instagram. That's a great way to uh, really quickly see uh, what we're up to. And hopefully we provide pretty useful copy on a lot of our posts, not just a, hey, look at me thing. Anyway, we got some good questions. Uh, we're gonna get uh, right to it and uh, get started here. So, uh, the first question uh, was, what should I use on the Yak right now by Dan Morris? Good question. Yakima River Canyon It's our local river. If you haven't been here, you've no doubt seen it in a lot of our imaging and videos and such. Yakima Canyon's an awesome fishery, primarily rainbow trout big water, swift, technical, it's got all that good stuff going for it. But this answer is going to be true for most uh, western rivers uh, all across the country right now. And we're right in that springtime where we're going from about 45 degree water to about 55 degree water. And it's going to trigger massive amounts of caddis hatches. And caddis are very widely distributed. We have, uh, and we did have already, our Mother's Day caddis hatch was like of biblical proportions. So most of what I'm gonna be using, if I were to be here, I were to be anywhere you know, even closer to the Rocky Mountains, I'm probably gonna start with my nymphs being caddis, pupa oriented for the most part. Uh, And that's gonna be varietals of prince nymphs. Uh, I'm just crazy about tungsten jig head nymphs. We got a ton of them on our website. We have a whole category just for tungsten jig head nymphs. But I'm gonna look for peacocks. I'm going to look for hares ears, uh, the white, we have one called the YBs, uh, soft tackle tungsten hair's ear and get that in the standard hair's ear or the peacock. Um, that would be a go-to for me right now. Uh, but definitely in the evening times, I'm going to be fishing salmon fly size stonefly nymphs. And, uh, for me, that's going to be like a powerhouse stone or a number four pats. Stone, and I'm gonna fish that uh, on the shallow edges in the evenings for sure as the salmon flies here migrate in the evening. So most of the day, I'm gonna fish caddis, pupa if nothing's popping on top. I'm gonna to fish stonefly nymphs in the evening uh, in the shallower edges, especially if there's white water present. Um, probably if I'm fishing on foot, I'm not gonna fish a lot of streamers this time of year. There's just an ample number of aquatic bugs uh, out there and that's what the fish are primarily gonna be after. The dry fly game right now for us, not a ton of searching with bigger dries. You are primarily going to be looking for a spot and stock scenario where I'm seeing a fish feed. I'm going to try to make one perfect shot on that fish. Uh, If it's uh, a splashy rise and there's caddis present, I'm probably using like a a parachute X caddis. Uh, If it's a subtle soft rise and there's uh, some pale morning duns present, A soft, uh, delicate rise is usually gonna be mayfly-oriented, so I'm gonna be looking for uh, the PMD in my box. So, anyway, hopefully that's a good starting point. If the water gets muddy, be thinking about the the Wiggly Worm from Fulling Mill. That thing's just a killer in dirty water. So, Dan, I hope that answers your question and uh, gives some some fuel for other people that are looking to get out. Uh, Fishing on the yak has been just absolutely killer. Uh, We've just seen a a real die-off in pressure uh, through this whole COVID-19 thing. In fact, it was closed for quite a while, and the fish are just big, strong, healthy, aggressive. Fishing's just been absolutely fantastic. So, um, okay, next question was from my old pal Dennis Gate. Good to hear from you, Dennis, on Instagram. And he says, if you had to choose one rod for fishing Cuba, and I'm just going to apply this to, like, all the Grand Slam destinations where I'm fishing for Maybe tarpon, bonefish, snook permit, all that. Uh, What would that one fly rod be? Uh, For me, that is going to be a nine-weight Winston Air Salt. And I'm going to put a a Scientific Angler's uh, Grand Slam Amplitude line on that. that's going to be the black box, the $130 line. Without a doubt, slickest, best shooting, easiest to handle uh, line that there is. It does make a little noise sliding through the guides, but that Grand Slam is just... just what the name implies, it's good for all those different species. Uh, punches the wind, turns over big flies well, but it's got a, a subtle enough tip to lay down a cast for bonefish. So, Winston Air Salt, nine weight, it's got a ton of power, and it seems to, to meet that good middle ground of being able to handle some light tarp and work and still uh, be delicate enough for bonefish. Um, Alright, so, uh, my daughter, uh, messaged in, uh, and asked how to fix a sunroof on an, a 2000 S10 blazer. Very funny, her sunroof is stuck open right now. Uh, she's 16 years old and she will realize real quickly not to unnecessarily roll windows up and down or sunroofs. Thanks for the comment, honey. Uh, there's another one, uh, from, uh, profile Prince made me pancakes or something to that effect. It's a good question here. Uh, from Prince made me pancakes. Uh, getting started with Trout Bay. Uh, he wants an OPST system, or he has an OPST system, and that stands for Olympic Peninsula Skagit Tactics. And for the love of God, people, it's Skagit, not skagit Skagit, Olympic Peninsula Skagit Tactics system. And he wants to know what cast focus on and. Uh, I would say there's only really two casts. You have to have two because you're gonna be on either, uh, if you're on river left, you're gonna be able to need to be on say river left and you're gonna need to cast off either shoulder depending on the situation. But the same two casts are gonna apply for river right. And you're gonna need to know the snap tee, okay? And the double spay. You don't need the single spay, you don't need the snake roll, you really don't need a parry poke. Those are the casts that I'm gonna use primarily. And you don't need to know any of those. Double spay, snap tee. Focus on those and go slow. Most people freak out and they panic and they start using their two-handed rods with these short heads way too fast. And they need to just chill out, break the cast into three separate parts. There's an anchor, there's a D-loop, and then there's a cast. The cast is like 80% bottom hand. And it is skaggit style casting is sustained anchor casting. The fly needs to stay in contact with the water from the time you anchor, that fly does not break contact with the water until it's cast out of the river. So Snap T, double spay, Prince Maybe Pancakes, good luck. Hope you have a ton of success with that line system. Um moving down, I'm not gonna get to every question. Uh, they were they were all pretty good questions, but um, I just wrote down the most relevant ones, and uh, we got one from and I'm going to butcher some of these profile names. E. Uh he he asked or she asked, I'm not sure if it's male or female. Uh, not because of your profile pick, just because I'm not sure. Uh, distance between a small nymph and a stonefly nymph on your nymphing setup a really 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 good question um so the tighter you keep them together the faster that unit sinks overall okay there's just more density in one area the further apart they are generally the more flexibility that smaller fly has to flex move and follow natural currents but you do lose a little bit of control and it becomes more tanglesome. So there are all these pros and cons and it it changes a little bit based on the conditions that you're in. So in really clear water, for instance, having two flies riding side by side probably wouldn't look real natural. There's some distraction there Uh, with just two unique offerings really close together. That just doesn't happen very often. So if I'm in clear water, I might run them as much as 16 to 20 inches apart. If I'm in dirtier water, um, I might run them as little as six or eight inches apart. Depends a little bit on the scenario, but my setup with a stonefly and a small trailer nymph is my stonefly is actually going to ride on the stronger stronger leader that's terminal, and then I'm going to have a junction or split yoke about 16 inches above that stonefly, and my trailer fly, or my smaller fly, is going to run out at 90 degrees off that line, like European style. That smaller fly tends to snag a lot less, and it tends to fish better because my stone fly is essentially tapping the bottom, and and tapping the breaks, and really slowing that whole presentation up, allowing that smaller fly to fish more effectively. So, uh, Stone fly is going to be on the very end of the line, go back up 16 inches, and 90 degrees I'm going to have a triple surgeon's yoke coming off the side and that might be anywhere from six to 16 inches long it probably won't be longer than the distance down to the stonefly uh, but that's a very good question but I would look at some diagrams on how European uh, style men first set theirs up and that's exactly how I'm going to set it up and my stonefly would be considered uh, the anchor fly in that scenario and I've just I found that setup to just be killer um, since I've started running that split yoke system and not tying my smaller fly on the gape of the hook for the bigger fly. I've, I've found to be a lot more successful. Um, okay. Next question. Um, I didn't write this usernames down. Um, it's probably way too long, but it said, is it okay to use a floating line for all types of fishing? And I would say, yeah, Sure. I mean, if you had to, you know, if the fly line apocalypse happened and you had to choose one line to fly fish with the rest of your life, yeah, floating line would be it because I can dry fly fish. Uh, but if I'm going to be fishing leeches in a lake, generally not going to be as effective with a floating line as I am like an intermediate sinking line. So, um, yeah, the floating line is definitely, you know, kind of the... The go-to, um, it's your survivalist line. Uh, if you had to choose one setup, floating is without a doubt going to be the the one that you need. But no, I can't imagine fishing the rest of my life and not using sink, sinking lines or sink tips. But with a floating line, you know one ver- piece of versatility that you can add is you can add poly leaders to any floating line. Now they might not cast great like a like a true sink tip line or an integrated line, but uh, jump on our website. You can get some scientific angler sonar, uh, poly leaders. Those things are sweet. You can get them seven and a half feet long, throw them on the end of your floating line. They come in various sink rates. You can use them on any setup, turn your floating line into a sink tip line. Uh, super easy to do. I carry polyliters with me all the time in the event I need to convert my floating line into a makeshift sink tip line. It's a great question. Uh, plus you're not having to buy another sink tip line. However, I will say, if you're gonna be fishing sink tip lines, get a good sink tip line. We have a whole section of our website for sink tip lines. Uh, it's gonna improve your streamer game. If you're lake fishing, uh, you're gonna want some type of sinking line. If you're after uh, salmon, steelhead, and adrumus fish that aren't on dry flies ever, sinking line's probably a good choice. Um, next question was, a little bit more technical i'd say and that is what is the best surf casting setup uh rod and line system and uh i'm only really familiar i don't fish the beach but rarely um so i'm only really familiar with one setup and that's the echo boost beach um is the one we sell at reds and uh they have great customer feedback on those. Um, people buy them for stripers and, and other situations where you often have a high bank behind you and you want to be able to make a you know roll cast to set up and then one overhead back cast and then the launch line. And uh, a lot of guys like that. Echo Boost Beach Rod with a Rio outbound uh, short. It's called the cold Water Slash Saltwater. Uh, but that line will launch into the surf. It comes in a bunch of different sink rates or floating. Uh, so there's a lot of options within that line system itself. Uh, must be like 40 options within that line system. But uh, Echo Boost Beach for launching 80-foot-plus casts with ease off of that thing. But I also recommend, just on a side note, if you're going to launch line off the beach, Consider a stripping basket, because if you're in any kind of surf or current, dude, your running line is going to be all over the place, and that is one situation where if you're going to be walking beach with surf, chop, and jetties, man, get that stripping basket. It is going to make your life so much easier. You're not going to step through the loop on your line. You're not going to stand on your line. Your line's not going to be getting trashed uh, on the rocks or in the sand of the beach, so, uh, and it just flat-ass shoots better, so... Um, and then, uh, my wife chimed in, uh, good to know she's on Instagram. Uh, how did all the guys at Red's get such awesome wives? I have no idea. I know I did. I have no idea how any of the other guys did. So I don't have an answer to that one. Um, but, uh, that is pretty much most of the questions, uh, that, the Instagram uh, story yielded this week, but uh, just being on the phone, uh, I did note a couple of questions, and um, I seem to have had a variety of different questions this week, and so I'll just I'll hit them right here, and it, a lot of questions on initially setting up uh, your, your Euro-nymphing leader, and uh, so I, I've done a couple of videos on this, but I probably need to do one that's like a minute long and just explain this, because that's about how long it takes. So most of the, when, when you start Euro-nymphing, I recommend just start with the Rio Euro-nymphing leader, not the technical one. You can get both. I don't care. I won't stop you from buying stuff, but get the standard Euro-nymphing leader, get your tippet on there, get your split yoke set up with two flies, go out and do a little fishing in one spot and don't move. Just get in a spot that's like, at least like closely resembles where you're going to fish on average. It doesn't even have to be fishy and throw like 40 casts until you get that drift just right. And you're throwing the right amount of line, you're taking a half a strip back when it drifts towards you, you're keeping good contact, you're lowering the rod just right. And when you get into kind of your sweet spot, pinch the line down with your rod hand, okay? And then look up your rod and see where the end of that leader meets your fly line, whether it's meeting, you know, a Euro nymph shorty system, Whether it's meeting another piece of mono or it's meeting your traditional floating fly line. I don't care what you have on there. Look where that connection is. And then cut that much of the butt section of the leader off. Put a new perfection loop in it so that you keep that connection between your Euronymphing leader and whatever you have for fly line. Just barely outside the rod tip and let it stay outside the rod tip. Because that stickiness between that leader to fly line connection will drive you absolutely insane. I think that's where all these broken rods come from. As uh, people get freaking out when that connection gets bound up, especially like midway through a really good drift and you're trying to take a half a strip in, a critical half a strip, and it binds up on you. Now there are a bunch of other options. I don't want to make this complicated, but there are ways you could do little nail knots And use like a, uh, I just say use like a Loon Knot sense. It's like a soft cement or gel. And you can make those knots really uh, tidy and slick. And that's what a lot of pros will do, is they'll make those knots really tidy and slick. But a lot of just, you know, I'll just include myself in this, you know, regular Joe Schmo angler group is, I'm switching leaders, I'm switching lines a little bit, I'm using a Rio Euro shorty much of the time, I'm changing and I like to have those loops pretty accessible um, just to swap stuff out. So I'm in that boat and I think most people are, so when it comes to permanently adhering a lot of those things and smoothing those knots out, work toward that, but as you get started, just take that leader and cut 24 to 36 inches off the butt section depending on your tip at length and your rod length, it's going to vary a little bit person to person. So there's like no fixed formula. Um, That's been a common uh, question this week. Um, Another one is like, and I did a video on this thing. It was 18 minutes long. It's probably way too long, but it was good. Intel is just, you know, what line should I get? Should I get a dedicated Euro line for my setup? And my initial answer is if you're new to European style nymphing, is no. Euro style lines are pretty cheap. You can get one later. They're 60 bucks. Um, my suggestion is start with versatility. Just picture what it'd be like, like leaving your rig in the morning, taking one reel and one rod, and you want to fish all day. You may find that because European style nymphing is really effective when you can get close to the fish. But what happens when you want to work that the far bank that's 40 feet away? you got to have a system that will allow you to get and hold drift at 40 feet away. And so that might be a small indicator. It might be a dry fly and a drop, or it might be just a drop, or it might be a small streamer. Dude, this is like the real deal. Uh, these problems are going to rise all the time. So what I like to do is I can, I can head for the stream, and I can dry fly my way upstream, and then I get to a pool, and I'm like, okay, this would be a sweet. I know there's trout here. I'm a, I put a Euro shorty on the end. And if you don't know what that is, just go search, you know, Euro Shorty. And, uh, or you can see it on our website. Uh, easy to find. And put that on the end. And then I can do some check nymphing in the sweet spots. And I can dig some fish out of there. And when I get done digging fish out of that hole, I can do one of two things. I can, keep, I can go back to dry fly fishing, continue my way upstream. Or if I need to work the far shoreline and I can't reach it with my Euro rig, I can go back to my regular fly line put on a dry dropper or a little indicator and I can work that far shore line up under the brush or whatever it is with a traditional rig. So I'm going to be very agile and I am not going to be married to fishing one style. Whereas if you get a dedicated line just for euro nymphing and it has its advantages. In the video that you can just go to our YouTube channel it's only like two weeks old you should be able to find this like euro line setups or something like that. Look for the long, <laughs> the super long video. Uh, but I will I can talk about the, the advantages in that video, but you do lose versatility. So you're either, you have the option of like, I'm gonna carry an extra reel or spool, which you can do, you know, reels and spools or, or, and or spools aren't very big, um, you know. Uh, you can do that, but the other thing is, if you already own a three or four weight floating fly line in a reel, just get the rod Get the Euro shorty. Get a Euro leader and get some killer flies. Put your money in flies. I mentioned tungsten jig head nymphs earlier. Get on our website and look at that whole look at that whole offering of different patterns. And you should be putting your money into flies. And just remember, you, you pay for flies when you snag them up on your back cast and lose them, not when you buy them from us. So just take good care of these things. Um, they're not cheap, but it's you want to have a good fly. That's where, by and large, I see most anglers fail, and they start to get a little bit cheap as on flies. And don't do that. Uh, Don't be that guy. So, um, the other question um, that I've had is, we seem to be, you know, helping a lot of people get outfitted with Euro stuff, is just setting up, um, you know, like, if you wanted the ultimate versatility, setting up a Skagit line system on these Euro rods, and, you absolutely can do that. Um, you could put a 150-grain uh, OPST head on these Euro rods. But one thing I'll tell you is, like, the 10-foot-3 weights are great. They're a little bit more, you know, uh, resilient. The 10-foot-2 weights, that's a pretty big ask for the 10-foot-2 weights. 10-foot-3 weights are great. But um, just be careful. The Fly rods are precision-built mechanical devices do not abuse these things. Especially when you get a rod that's ten feet long and it's a three weight or two weight, that is a delicate instrument. It will be very strong when it comes to casting and pulling on fish. It will pull on fish all season long without breaking. But if you start to dink it and ding it up, and you're not careful with it when you're snagged, you abuse it a little bit. You let it ride around to the back of your your Chevy pickup and let it bang, let the tip bang around. It's going to break on you. Uh so just be delicate case that thing up tube it up take good care of it and when you're skagit style casting keep your flies small but they make a good skagit rod um i played around with mine a fair amount and uh that just adds one more level of versatility because that 10 foot rod will launch you know a little bugger all the way across the river on a light sink tip no problem man um it's uh it's a very 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 good setup uh other questions? When are we going to get the new airlock, strike indicators in? I have no freaking idea. We've been getting told for a year now we're getting those things. I got no clue. Um, there's a new rod that I'm going to review this next week, the Reddington Strike, Euro Nymphing rod. Um, I've played with a little bit. I haven't gotten it on the water yet. It's just been horrifically windy the last couple days. So it's been like impossible to film a good review outdoors. Uh, it's been blowing like 40, 50 miles an hour. Um, so Uh anyway, that's all the QA from this week. Uh short podcast. Uh I'm gonna do the same thing again in maybe the next week or so. Just continually continue to follow the Instagram story. Don't email questions in right now because I kinda need to have them all batched, like right there in front of me when I go to do it. And uh I'll you'll email me tomorrow and by next week I'll have forgotten about it. So anyway, when you see another ask put up on the Instagram story, we'll get your questions. Uh, anyway, we really appreciate you guys listening. Follow us on YouTube. Um, If you're just listening on the podcast, you're not an Instagram follower, go follow us on Instagram. We would really appreciate it. So that's all for now. Catch up with you guys on the next one.